0: Do you think it's a coincidence that a lot of people who were raised by narcissists end up with narcissists? Do you find it interesting that sometimes people who end up with narcissists don't even notice they were raised by narcissists until they end up with a narcissist? Today at QueenBeing.com I'm gonna share with you how to heal yourself after narcissistic abuse when you're an adult child of a narcissist. Something that might help you make your life a little bit easier and take away some of that guilt for you. So, Let's get started. Closed captioning provided by Athena Moberg and CPTSDfoundation.org. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel, I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. So if that sounds good to you, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. For most parents and their children, whatever the glitches are, the relationship is mostly comforting and supportive. This is not the case for children of narcissists. For some people, there's just more pain, there's more negativity in the mother-child relationship than there is comfort or pleasure. And that is what we experience if we have narcissistic mothers. One of the things I hear most often from my clients when we're talking about narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships is that Whether they knew it before or they just realized it during our session, about 90% of them have at least one narcissistic parent or parent type person in their lives growing up. So why is this? Why does this happen? I think one of the most important things that we have to realize as we're starting this conversation is that as individuals, we are raised by who we're raised by, we experience all different things in our lives, right? We have little bits of information coming from our teachers, our friends, our parents, our siblings, everyone in the world around us. Not just the people, but also the situations we're dealing with. If we we were raised in poverty, that's going to affect the way we think. If we were raised spoiled rotten and we never needed for a thing in the world, well that's going to affect the way we think. If our parents were hippies, if our parents were lazy, if they were uh, possessive or, or controlling, all of those things are going to become part of who we are. As we grow up, we develop the ability and in fact the right And I think the responsibility to choose who we want to be. But before we become aware, before we wake up, and we know that we are quite literally and even sometimes after we wake up and know that, we are quite literally the sum of our experiences. When you look at it from that perspective, we sort of without even recognizing it, have a certain blueprint for ourselves, that we become exactly what we are sort of raised to be. Now when we have a narcissistic parent in that mix, it really throws us off. I've done entire videos before on how narcissistic parents affect us in the long run, so I'm not going to go into every single detail of that in this video, but you can check it out in the cards above and in the description below. With that being said, let's discuss a couple of those effects that actually cause us to end up with narcissists in relationships. So, for being honest, part of the reason that we end up with narcissists is because we are people pleasers. And when we have been raised by a narcissist, if we don't become a narcissist, we tend to become the opposite of that, a people pleaser. Whether or not they're openly abusive, our narcissistic parents taught us that their needs, their desires, their wants, their standards were more important than our own and we were required to somehow follow their rules. And if we didn't follow the rules and do what they wanted us to do, well then we were inherently bad or unacceptable or as always, not good enough, we as empaths, sometimes we would end up becoming caregivers of our parents, where we instead of you know getting the love that they needed to give to us or should have given to us. We would watch them and make sure they were okay and we would, you know, take care of them, sort of, almost like an extra parent. We would blame ourselves. We were consistently blaming ourselves and if our father was anxious and stressed out and yelled at the whole family, it must be our fault somehow. If our parents got divorced, sometimes we would blame ourselves for that because it was easier for us to imagine that it must somehow be our fault and, and that we could try to do something to fix ourselves. And quite honestly, in some situations, our parents outright told us everything was our fault. Regardless of what your situation was, chances are you became a people pleaser and that you believed you were not good enough and that you also sort of were chronically blaming yourself for every single thing that went wrong in your life and your family's life. And in your desire to be loved as an individual person, you were also always trying to figure out exactly what you could do to make your parent love you. So maybe you thought, huh, if I was quieter, if I got better grades, if I took care of the dishes, if I did all the things I needed to do, if I did all the things that this person wants me to do, maybe I'll be good enough, maybe they'll finally love me. And when that never happened, you just were persistently looking for love and whether you admitted it to yourself or not, it was a thing. As empaths, as survivors of this type of abuse, we very often blame ourselves for everything that has gone wrong in our lives and we look for ways to make ourselves better, which in many ways seems to be the only thing that makes sense to us because our parents teach us that they're perfect or that they're near infallible or if they are fallible, then it's our fault somehow. And maybe it just has more to do with the fact that we need to maintain hope. We need to believe that things are going to get better and so if we can stay focused on how we can fix ourselves or what we could be doing better. Maybe it's a little bit of how we survive. With that being said, I think it's important to talk about one more major quality that happens to kids who are raised by narcissists and that is insecure attachment. So first I think it's important to define secure attachment and that is our level of comfort with being attached to other people and trusting that that attachment is safe and okay for us. Dealing with having been abused or neglected or ignored or dealing with, you know, an emotionally absent parent or a parent who didn't take care of us in some way very often leaves us kind of flapping in the wind in our parent-child relationship. So when we go and we think about as adults getting into relationships with new people, other people, we are insecurely attached. We don't trust that attachment. So a couple of different things can happen. Either we can become the sort of people who refuse to connect to anyone and who just absolutely don't attach to people at all and who just kind of a lone wolf type of person or, we can go the other direction where we get someone, we attach them and we're like, nope, I'm not letting go of you. I'm holding on to you forever and ever and ever. This can actually go really, really far in the wrong direction if you're not careful. But one of those two things is happening. Either we're going to become avoidant of any sort of personal emotional connection. We're going to refuse to attach. That's called avoidant attachment. Or we're going to be so excessively upset, nervous, anxious about it that we're going to do the anxious attachment thing, where we're going to just constantly be chasing love, chasing love, chasing love. One of my favorite movies was called Practical Magic and these two sisters, they lost their parents, okay? They were raised by these two aunts and in the movie, they're watching their two aunts from the stairs, you know, do some magic spell on some lady who's desperate to get this man back and one of the sisters goes, I hope I never fall in love. That's, she, she can't even imagine the horribleness of that moment. Why, why anybody would want to feel like that? Because this woman was feeling very desperate to get this man who wasn't available to her. And the other sister goes, oh, I can't wait to fall in love. See, so one sister was doing the avoidant, I don't ever want to be with somebody thing and the other one was like, oh my gosh, I'm chasing love. That thing happens to us. So as we grow, as we move forward, as we seek new relationships, this becomes a problem for us. Whether you go with the avoidant attachment or you go with the anxious attachment, chances are it's not going to serve you well in relationships. Now I'm going to share with you a bit of the conversation that I had with Dana about this
1: very topic. So take a look. You know, sort of like the saying goes, the last thing the fish notices is the water. And so when you're raised in around dysfunction, and if you especially if you have a parent who is, you know, controlling, uh, condescending, critical, even a parent that's just simply emotionally unavailable, that's going to be your baseline for what's normal, for what is love, for what is attachment, for what is appropriate, Mm -hmm. for what we're worthy of, all of these things. And so I guess I was comparing my childhood to a lot of other people and thinking like, well, but mine wasn't that bad. And I had really minimized a lot of a lot of the neglect, a lot of the, you know, lack of healthy bonding, a lot of a lot of the stuff that went on. It wasn't until after my second relationship down the road that really brought started to it was like pulling a string on a sweater. Like when things I began kind of examining things, that was when I realized I was like, how am I continuing to get tangled up with these people? And then I realized it's the love bombing. Then then I realized, okay, so then why, like, what am I misreading about this? That messed with my mind so much because I just thought, you know, the men that I was, I was never like attracted to really like to bad boys. I was always attracted to very um, intellectual men, very nice, seemingly very nice guys, like Prince Charming kind of guys and it didn't dawn on me for a long long time that that was a huge red flag was charm. When I realized okay I've been walking around feeling unloved and unimportant pretty much my whole life and that had made me you know primed for emotional manipulators and so when they they would make me their whole world I was totally wanting to jump into that whirlwind, and I was like, "Oh, this is so amazing! I f- they f- I feel like they're my soulmate. I feel like this is what's meant to be. This is healthy. This is ideal." Not realizing that this was a big whirlwind of red flags. And so, once I realized that piece, that was you know a huge game changer. I was able to slow things way down. And so now, you know, I'm able to kind to of recognize those vulnerabilities within myself and to work towards getting those needs met in a healthy way. To where I mean, there's just so there's just so there's so much to understanding all of this, right, but right. understanding our vulnerabilities. We all have vulnerabilities because we're all human. Even if a person comes from a really wonderful childhood, I mean, they could be happily married for forty years and then become a widow or a widower, and then crash into an online dating scammer or an in-person dating scammer who smokes them for all they're worth. And so it's important that we're always kind of tuning into ourselves is, is I think the, the bottom line, like the, the big message in all of this is getting in alignment with our intuition and with our emotions and understanding it's that degree of self-awareness with understanding our emotions. Then our, our standards and our boundaries um, and our deal breakers are all reflections of this. But if a person, you know, if you, if a person grows up, and most, I think, frankly, most people grow up in homes where they're not allowed to have a lot of their individuality. You know, kid, it's sort of like the kids should be seen and not heard kind of a thing. And so I think children kind of, um, unfor- and I think we're on we're on the cusp of doing more conscious parenting. So I think yeah. that's kind of phasing itself out, but. I think for a long time it was very much parents didn't want to be bothered if their child was upset or hurt or didn't like how the house things that were going on in the house the child didn't really have a say and so at an early age a child is really separated from their their inner selves mm-hmm. and then if a, if a child goes through a lot of ab- not even a lot if a child goes through abuse or neglect of any kind that's going to further separate them from themselves because there's oftentimes a lot of gaslighting that goes on with that and blame and oh well you caused this you deserved it you know I I wouldn't have had to to do XYZ if you hadn't done ABC just all the all this um, faulty programming I guess you could say that kids pick up when they're young and then we carry that over into adulthood so odds are things that in our lives have not been working for a long time, but they've been tolerable. So we never really noticed that there was a problem. And then we have some sort of relationship like this that we can't ignore. We're like, what on earth? Like this was so outside the realm of like normal human behavior, what's going on? And then if it continues to happen, then it's sort of like, okay, now there's a pattern here. So what's going on? So for me, it was that first relationship with Jack. And then it was a few years later, that relationship with Steve, that was when I realized it was a pattern. And then I began going back and looking at all of my significant friendships in my life, um, other relationships that I'd had with, with men, with my parents, with, you know, coworkers. And, you know, you start kind of seeing oh man there's really this reoccurring theme here, then it all starts coming together.
0: I think you can kind of see where this is going, right? So if you want to change your life, if you want to stop feeling like you're dependent or like you're not good enough, you have to start with self love. One of the most important things we must remember on every single level is regardless of how you grew up, regardless of what your parents told you, regardless of what the narcissist told you, regardless of any of that stuff, here is the big important thing I need you to hear from today. You define yourself and it's time for you to know that. It took me a long time to learn that I could define myself. It took me a long time to recognize that not only was I good enough, not only was I smart enough, pretty enough, whatever enough, but I could choose to be whoever I wanted to be. It didn't matter if it wasn't acceptable to a narcissist, it didn't matter if my mother thought it was a bad idea, or my brother thought it was a bad idea, or anyone else in my life thought it was a bad idea. Only mattered that it made me happy and that it wasn't hurting anyone else in the world. You know, it's all about finding what works for you, what feels good to you, and what makes your soul feel alive, what makes your heart sing. The thing that gets you going in the morning that could if you found that thing. It's all about loving yourself. Ultimately, it's all about loving yourself and you don't even really, I didn't even really know what that was until I managed to do it. So I want you to start today right now by dropping all of that old junk, all of those old perceptions, those niggling voices in the back of your head that are telling you you're not good enough. That's not even you. That's somebody else's voice from the past echoing. Alright, let go of that stuff. Every time you hear yourself tell yourself I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough I'm not handsome enough pretty enough whatever say no. That's not true. Out. Get out, out and focus on what you really do want. Focus on what you deserve. Focus on loving yourself and treating yourself in the same way that you would treat someone you love. One of the best ways to learn to love yourself after you go through narcissistic abuse is to imagine What would a good mother have treated me like? How would a good mother have treated me? How would a good mother have loved me? You have to learn to love yourself that much, you have to give yourself unconditional love. So how can you do that if you aren't a mother? How can you do that if you are a mother, but you didn't have an example of unconditional love? Well, if you aren't a mother or if you are a mother, imagine if you had your own child or if you do have your own child, imagine how much you love your own child and and what you would say to or advise your own child to do in any given situation. Same goes for nieces, nephews, you know, sisters, brothers, people that you feel really close to, best friends people who aren't family, but are like family. How would you advise someone you love to handle anything? And, and when you ask yourself that question when you're going through a difficult situation, if you can imagine what would it be like if my own child or my own friend or whatever was in the same situation, what would I say to them? Give yourself the same advice, give yourself the same amount of love, the same amount of consideration in every situation. Treat yourself just like that. If you can imagine your child coming to you, let's say if you had a child, and your child saying to you, You know, hey mom or dad, this is exactly what I'm going through and they explain to you exactly what you're dealing with in this moment. What would you advise them? Let's say you're going through a relationship with a narcissist and they're mentally, verbally and otherwise abusing you. What would you say if your child came to you and said, hey, I'm being treated this way by this person who I love. What would you say to your child? Would you tell them, oh, just stick it out and stay, you're not worth it? Of course not. You would tell them, Get their stuff together and, and get out of there and do what they need to do because they deserve better. Listen, you deserve better too. Please don't forget, you deserve better. Obviously, by this point, you figured out that one of your parents might be a narcissist. Maybe they're like hardcore NPD type narcissists or maybe they just have narcissistic traits. People who become narcissistic parents generally didn't have the best childhood growing up. Can we say that to be to be fair? Whatever the reality is in your family and however old you happen to be right now, you really need to figure out what you want to do and move forward with your own life. It's never too late. That's what I want to say to you. It's never too late or too early to set boundaries, to process your feelings, to work on the things that you need to work on to heal. Even if you're just a kid living at home, there are certain things you can do to help yourself. If you were raised by a narcissist, there are some steps that you can take right now to make your healing path a little easier, a little faster, a little smoother. What do you think? So the first thing you can do is educate yourself about narcissism and I think you're doing that right now in this moment, sitting here watching this video. If you have just realized that you're dealing with a narcissistic parent, which Sadly, often happens when we have found ourselves in a relationship or soon out of a relationship with a narcissist. We suddenly realize, wow, wait a minute, as we're learning about narcissists, we realize, wait a minute, you know, our parent might also be a narcissist. The more you educate yourself, the more you look for support, look for a community that understands, because most of the people in your day-to-day life, they just won't quite get it, the more you'll understand what you've been through and what you need to do to move beyond that toxic influence that you were raised with. We have to accept that our parent will not change. We can't expect our narcissistic mother or father to just wake up one day and suddenly understand everything and be okay. We can't expect them to become someone different. In some cases, the narcissists will find a way to create personal progress in their lives and change a little bit. Great, but the fact is I've never seen it in real life. Have you? Narcissists rarely change. If they're acting like they're more nice, they're calm, they're happy. It's because they are manipulating you. They're not doing it Because they really feel it they're doing it because they're getting a result out of it Which is probably your attention understand that holding out hope that your narcissistic parent will suddenly become The parent you should have had the parent who would give you unconditional love and things like this of course. It's natural It's expected. It's it's you're human and we keep wanting and hoping for that from our parents Even when we're older even when we're adults even when our parents are gone in some cases. It's a false dream It's gonna make you feel more vulnerable. It's going to make you keep yourself open to continued potential abuse. And I know it sucks. It's one of the hardest things we have to deal with. And the next thing I'm going to tell you is uh, equally difficult. And that is that you have to also recognize the parent who enabled the narcissist if that were the case most of the time If one of your parents is a narcissist the other parent sort of enables them But we have to recognize all of the things that are uncomfortable in this situation in order to heal from it So understand that in some cases if your father was a narcissist your mother may have been a flying monkey Whether she meant to be or not you have to understand that her her in her situation She was probably also being abused or his if mother was the narcissist then father may have been the enabler if your mother or your father who was enabling the other parent never did anything, didn't stand up for you, didn't stop the abuse, didn't didn't help you in the situation, but instead normalized it, even if the mother or father who was enabling was also victimized by this abuse, it's still not okay what they did. Sometimes we have to forgive the enabling parent and it's even harder than forgiving the narcissist parent. When you see someone with NPD that is formed in early childhood, it often happens because of something horrible that happened to them or something very painful for them. You kind of see a monster when you look at a narcissist. You also might find yourself feeling not as good about the other parent. You might wonder why that parent told the narcissist it was okay. You might wonder why they didn't protect you from that abuse and you might feel betrayed by that by the fact that they allowed it to happen and never tried to stand up for you. Next up, you have to recognize the roles in your family. Were you a scapegoat? Were you a golden child? Have you been the flying monkey for the narcissist with or without realizing it at some point? The thing about being in a narcissistic family is those roles, they fluctuate. You may be the golden child one day, you may be the scapegoat one day, you may be the forgotten child some other day. The narcissist maintains control of all of the people in the family by dividing. They try to divide you because of the whole divide and conquer factor. Your narcissistic parent could alienate you from your siblings, could alienate you from the other parent, especially if the other parent tried to stand up for you. You might feel betrayed by your siblings or your other parent because the narcissist may have twisted things to make it feel that way. It's not just... You who was affected, but everybody else inside your nuclear family. And the system is not normal. It is not healthy. It is very dysfunctional. There may be one dominant narcissist in the family who uses the rest of the people like puppet strings mostly just to serve the narcissist's needs. So on some level, you have been sort of fighting with your family members for the approval and the attention and and all of this stuff just to get through it. The narcissist makes their attention seem like it is gold, like it is nectar of the gods, right? And you really feel that way when you're growing up like that. The best thing you can do Of course is to create a united front against the narcissist with other people in your nuclear family or your former nuclear family. If there's a possibility of that, usually it doesn't work that way because the family unit is so dysfunctional that it doesn't work that way. Once someone realizes what's going on, often they are the outcast because the narcissist goes on a big smear campaign and tells everybody all these horrible things about you and then you're left either trying to defend yourself or like some people just ignoring it because you know you can't talk to a brick wall. If you are able to create a unified front, great because that can empower you, that can help you to feel like you can shut down the abuse and it can help you to be validated. In some cases, um, your your other parent or your siblings may not be trustworthy to talk about it. They may not even be open to the idea. They may completely deny that it's a thing. So be prepared for people to not believe. Be prepared for people to want to protect themselves from you because how dare you accuse you know, perfect parent A or B of being a narcissist. Next, assert boundaries. Narcissists are consistently violating boundaries. They see themselves as the center of everything. They see their children as extensions of themselves. If you've been a child of a narcissist, you know what I'm talking about. If you're the golden child, your job is to show the narcissist a mirror of him or herself that makes him or her feel good about what they see because they see you as you know an extension of them. If you were the scapegoat, you will be the person carrying the burden on your back of everything that goes wrong in the family. You will be blamed, blamed, blamed. In either case, you're objectified. You're not respected as someone with your own identity, with your own beliefs, with your own standards and in fact any time you try to assert your own identity, beliefs and standards, you are quickly shut down and minimized because you don't matter as much. Next thing you have to do is put your boundaries up without apology. You've been raised to accept your boundaries being walked all over. Your narcissistic parents saw you as an extension of him or herself as I explained a moment ago. You've got to understand that as a survivor, you have to work on those boundaries. You have to get comfortable doing it and you have to take time to practice being strong enough to make your boundaries stand up. The first place you start of course is with a narcissistic parent and and depending on your your situation and your level of abuse, you may want to go no contact. If you don't go no contact, you may want to go low contact depending on how much they're still affecting your life today. Hi Angie, how do I handle aging narc father who continues to gaslight and blame me for severe childhood abuse my mother inflicted on me, dealing with trying to limit contact and guilt. Maybe this will help. It is not your responsibility as a child to take care of your parents' emotional need, emotional health, any of that. Your father should have done something to prevent your mother from abusing you. And because he didn't, he was essentially also abusing you. You don't owe him anything. I understand he's aging and I understand they're very good at guilt but if your father isn't willing to acknowledge and grow with you about the abuse. I mean it's one thing if she was a narcissist and he was her victim but if if he is in fact also abusing you which it sounds to me like he is by denying your truth then you are within your rights to go no contact and even though it might feel gross and it might feel uncomfortable and yucky deal with the discomfort for a short time Take a deep breath and cut it off because what will happen is when you get past the painful part of this, you will in fact breathe easier. You will stop questioning every freaking decision you make about how is he going to deal with it? How is he going to handle it? You will stop worrying about making a decision that is acceptable to him. You will stop worrying about being someone who's acceptable to him. You will only care about how the people in your life who matter to you feel about you and I hope That your first concern is how you feel about you. Because narcissistic parents, they don't want us to have a sense of self. They want us to live as extensions of them forever. Because if we do that, they can continue to control us. My mother controlled me till I was 35 years old. And then that moment happened when something snapped and everything changed. And not everybody is so lucky that, (laughs) listen to me calling it lucky. It was a a horrible moment in my life when she... Did What she did it devastated me. I was sick physically sick for weeks afterward because I was so shocked and upset by it But now in hindsight, I can see that it's a blessing that she did that because it we recovered as a family We didn't have a problem because we were really living our truth already and I was sick with the betrayal but when it happened it, it was a gift in hindsight because It gave me the strength I needed to get away and stay away. Understand what your feelings are and remember that you need to start to tune into them again because for your whole life, you were taught that they were wrong. You were taught to ignore your feelings. You were taught to almost hate them, be scared of them and that they weren't real, that they weren't as real as someone else's feelings because your feelings probably conflict with whatever you need to believe in order to survive a narcissist, you learn quickly that only that narcissist's feelings matter. And then of course, if you found yourself in a narcissistic relationship, again, after you left your parents' home, you you unfortunately were put in a position where you were actually sort of seeking someone else to serve because you didn't know what to do with yourself if you weren't meeting your mother or father's needs, because you spent your whole life doing that. You find yourself being crushed, you find yourself being ridiculed or being raged against, more likely. If you do rage, you probably find yourself in a really bad situation. You might be shamed, you might be attacked in public, you might be smear campaigned by your own parents. The most important thing you can do for yourself here is, and I want you to listen, is to reconnect with your feelings. The most important thing you can do is to reconnect with your feelings, because this is the disconnect that we've all got. We've all been taught not to trust ourselves, not to trust our feelings, not to believe ourselves and the fact is that we have feelings, we're allowed to have feelings and we need to open ourselves and let them in. It's okay to feel things, it's okay to have opinions, you have a right to have opinions. With your feelings, you will figure out who you really are, what you really want, and you'll figure out that about half of the bad stuff in your head is just conditioning you're carrying around from the narcissist. A lot of the things that you believe about yourself right now aren't even true. Your narcissistic parents started pouring that stuff in your head when you were very small, and if you ended up with a narcissist as well. That person is also has been pouring stuff in your head. Your head's full of shit. That's not your fault. That isn't even true. It's things that other people perceive about you. You decide what's true about you, not someone else. You feel me? Since you have been hurt in so many different ways by this alternative world, this alternative you that the narcissist has created, you don't have to believe the narcissist version of you. You decide who you are, not anybody else. You have to understand narcissists are always projecting their own inner insecurities onto you. They're always trying to stand on your head, so they'll feel good enough about themselves. They feel like they're not tall enough emotionally. As you learn to tune into who you are, you're gonna start to get mad a little bit because you're gonna start to realize all of these beliefs that you've had in your life and if you're over like 15, it's gonna make you angry that you spent so long believing things that weren't true. About yourself and about the world around you. You're gonna to have to be patient with yourself. You're gonna to have to not judge yourself. You're gonna to have to understand that your feelings are okay. They're just feelings, but they matter. One of the biggest things you have to do is stop blaming yourself. You have to understand, especially if you were the scapegoat, it might be your instinct to automatically blame yourself for everything that's going on and feel guilty for everything. You'll feel guilty for things that really aren't even your fault that are outside of your control. Stop doing that. That is not healthy for you or anyone else in your life. If you were used to accepting the blame from your narcissistic parent because they would rage at you. If you stood up for for yourself, you were attacked. If you were hurt by them, you were beaten or, you know, physically or emotionally, depending on the parent. One of the best things that you can do to heal yourself from this kind of abuse is to stop and recognize it was not your fault. When you got punched in the nose and your mother said, look what you made me do, you didn't make her do it. If your father gave you a fat lip because you looked at him the wrong way, you didn't make him do it. It's not your fault. And I mean verbally, physically, whatever, any sort of attack that you were given. It's not your fault. Normal parents don't do that to their children. Do you do that to your children? If you do, you might want to rethink what you're doing. Honor your feelings. Remember that your feelings are real. Remember that you don't have to accept things that aren't acceptable. And remember that you are the only one who gets to decide what you accept, what you tolerate and who you are. Treat yourself like you deserve to be treated. Let go of things that hurt you, attract more things that you want in your life. Constantly vibrate a feeling of abundance, a feeling of peace, a feeling of happiness, a, feel, a feeling of everything going your way. Now, I know that sounds hard to do, especially if you're in the middle of the, the abuse right now. But the sooner that you can start to let go of the things that hurt you and move forward into the light of what you really want, life's gonna get a lot better a lot faster. This brings me to the question of the day, question of the day, question of the day, question of the day. And the question of the day is, if you found yourself with a narcissist, did you recognize that you were with a narcissist first and then recognize that your parents were also narcissists or if you were raised by a narcissist, did you end up with a narcissist or how did it all happen for you? Share your thoughts, share your ideas, share your experiences in the comment section below and let's talk about it. Let me just offer a really quick shout out to my amazing inner circle, the people who clicked that join button or the link in the description below if your device isn't compatible and who are supporting my mission here at YouTube. Take a look. Thank you to my amazing channel members, Angela Falsetta, Susan Marion, Roxanne Antle, Deborah, Black Caesar, Life's Revival, Trisha Wolf, Jen Archer, James F, and Marlene, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. I sincerely appreciate that you connected with me and that you're helping me to further my mission and to continue helping our spaniel and anyone who needs help to discover, understand and overcome narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. Thank you so much. Alright, that's all I've got for you right now, but as always, thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. Now before I go, make sure you take a look at the videos I'm leaving for you right there and right there and while you're here, hit that subscribe button right there so we can stay connected and continue on this healing journey together. I'll see you soon.